time you saw me was way back in i think it was 64 uh, i was down in a village something. december it was december 15th. that's right of 2017 something and i was like in the village that. yes yeah. it was our last show who was on our last show chris huh chris chris your your friend who we who used to go here oh chris roslin thank you chris yes chris was on that's yes, right yes chris was on chris Roslin from uh PR president guy. roslin um something pr yeah, roslin and uh roslin Pat, and uh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. anyway carry on <laughs> it was a tremendous <laughs> show as you can we tell and we're very happy to ashley's making all sorts of faces. for the new year yeah it's great now so we're back music biz 101 and more Did you have a nice break yeah very good. Yeah. Have you catch? Uh, have you caught the basketball games? Because we've been preempted by basketball. Yes. I How will... are we doing? Does Ashley even know? How's the team doing this year? We. Yeah. Because Ashley's in the pep band. Ah. So Ashley, our, our engineer, Ashley Weltner, actually plays and see. You see the games? You play yeah. at the games? How yeah, are we doing? We do. We're doing pretty good. Um, the last game I was at. The women won, and I think the boys might have lost. I'm not sure, but uh-huh. it was pretty good. So it was intense. is there playoffs in the horizon? Uh, we shall see after, not this week, but next Saturday. Ah, so we may miss yeah. another Wednesday. We, yeah, we may miss uh, February 21st. But wow. uh, as of now... That's deep into the semester. That's right. But we're here right. January 31st, year of our Lord, 2018. And yeah. we should let our listeners know that this is Music Biz 101 more. Greatest radio show we're ever made. back. Back. Uh, that's uh, Dr. Esteban Marconi. Dr. Esteban Marconi! And he's making right. things happen. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp, along with Ashley Veltner. 
who is our uh, student co student yeah. everything basically engineer 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 and then we also have over here um, tonight John Bulos yes. who is a vice president vice president Bu sorry executive vice president at Atlantic Records is also Roadrunner too your card says Atlantic Roadrunner is the Roadrunner still or did they uh, demote you and you just Atlantic um, it's everything really okay it's all the labels every label in America. Uh -huh. and all our sub-labels. Okay. Good. Is Fueled by Ramen included in that, too? Okay. And he's also... No, yeah. finish. Me? What? No. Him? I said he's also our resident you say. music it's... industry expert That's this right. year at William Patterson mm. University. Yes. So we're very happy to have John here. It was my and only way back to college. Speaking of Atlantic <laughs> right. Records, and we want to formally... On the radio, congratulate the label for all the Grammys that they won. What was the total? Do you know? 19? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, a solid, respectable number of Grammy awards. Very good. And, of course, the big winner is on Atlantic Records. Mr. Mars. Bruno all last Mars. year was a great win for us. Ah. With all of our artists. Every artist, that's right. Everybody right. won. Now, now, like an artist like Kelly Clarkson, her record came out too late, correct? To be no, um, Love So Soft was nominated. Okay. Um, which was pretty fabulous. Didn't win, but it definitely was mm -hmm. a great song of hers. Right. right. Okay. Well, that's nice. So, um, before we go any further, we have some housekeeping to do. We do. We yeah. have to uh, do the drapes and vacuum, and also we need to talk about. Let's see. Thank you to Ashley. Uh, we want to have everybody, hey, make sure you go to musicbiz101wp.com, sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, and the face of the book. And uh, that all that stuff is musicbiz101wp. The podcast, this will be a podcast, and it's on iTunes and SoundCloud if you want it. We also want to give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno, Inc., and White Hat mm -hmm. Management, because Steve... Yes. With artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kiss, mm -hmm. there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Is that Kiss with a K or a C? Kiss with a, it's actually CK. Okay. Yeah, Kiss with a CK and one S. Um, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Where would that be? That would be VB. <sighs> hyphen. Hyphen. CPA.com when you're ready not when we're ready and not when Van Dyne Bruno is ready when you are ready when your right. band is ready we're not gonna f John John Bulos we don't force anybody <laughs> to, to sign up with these guys we, it's America bands first and we right. want the bands to bands do what's first. best for the bands music first. first music first that's not, was, was that that was VH1 Yes, it was. VH1's old thing was music first. Music first. That's right. And Trump stole VH1's thing. Who's so, Trump? Um, uh, he's, a, he's a young man. His uh, name is Baron. He's about 12, and he goes to a military kind of school. You erase and, it like an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> never, never happened. I didn't exist. Who we, else do we thank? We want to thank Rob Fusari, who's always been a, a big help to us, and he's been helping us with our uh, theme song, which you tonight said we want to thank the Front Bottoms, because the song we heard was... Maps. Maps by the Front Bottoms, one of the bands that John Bulos works. And then uh, we should thank us, Marconi and Phil, for writing Managing Your Band 6th Edition. What do you That's have to say correct. about that? Hot. It yeah. is hot. 
It is hot. Yes. You know, it's like it's like a pancake. You ever cook pancakes right. for your kids? Now you're going to have to excuse that Professor no. Soap tonight because he's sidetracked by trying to do multitasking. Not only co-hosting a show, but also he's holding up his brand new iPhone 8. Right. The, which the, he sleeps with, actually. It's called the Yocho. And he is trying to have us live streamed on Instagram. Music Biz 101 WP. Go to Instagram now. Yes. And, and live stream. So, so if so you find him a little sidetracked, that's right. the reason. That's right. I should say, if you find him a little sidetracked, more than normal. More than, that's right. Okay. So why don't we jump in? Because okay. as it is, we've uh, already taken up too much of our listeners' time. Well, what time. does promotion mean yeah. at a record label? Promotion is getting your music exposed so people fall in love with your artist and their music. Mm. And the ways and means that we go about it are very vast with lots of creative opportunities so that the people out there are exposed to music, love it, see an artist on tour, buy their merch, and become passionate about that artist. And is the medium exclusively radio? Radio is a very important, pretty much still the biggest piece of that pie mm -hmm. that helps us expose music in mass in this country. There are many other places that we go, obviously streaming and, and visuals and YouTube. But radio, with the amount of repetitive airplay over and over and over, drives home a song and an artist to the point that people can really make that subconscious and conscious decision that they like it, love it, or don't really love something. And mm -hmm. I think until it gets to that point, we never really know if a song or an artist or an album is truly loved until we are able to expose it to that extent. So the big question everybody, or most people ask is, can you guys make a hit? No, the artist will make a hit. Mm -hmm. Okay, the creative process is what makes something great or not. What we do is look for the strategy to help expose it to the public. And then eventually, the public will be who makes that decision whether it is a hit or not, mm -hmm. and whether they love it or not. We can only be the conduit to develop that strategy to help expose it, and specifically in our area via radio in, in this country. So we sign with you, Atlantic Records, as a new artist. What can we expect just by signing the contract? What can we expect that Atlantic Records will do for us once we finish the recording process? Well, if you come in with finished music, we'll sit down, all the departments, and listen to the music, sit with the artist, and, and pretty much come up with a long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, music that the public hears may have been in our system, promoted, worked on. It could be six months, it could be eight months, it could have mm -hmm. been a year, that we lay down that strategy to find the best time, the best avenues to expose that music, depending on what that specific sound is, what the style of the artist is, if they're a very visual artist, if it's a song that sounds like it's just a pop radio song, we may just run down that avenue. Mm -hmm. And so the strategies are very different based on what comes out of the creative process. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... 
we get to that meeting and we finished our album and we want song A to be the first single. We meaning the artist and the manager and A&R wants song B and you really are liking song C from the uh, promotion department. Mm -hmm. Just take us through what might occur politically to sway or to determine that <clears throat> the song maybe I was thinking about really isn't the best one or that you have swayed people to say, aha, now I really want to go to work on this song because I believe in it. Well, I think that in the end, it is a discussion. It is all of us weighing the pros and cons. And whatever that final decision is, we're 1,000% going out to go do that. The artist may come in with one vision. The A&R person may have a different vision. Promotion person may have a vision mm -hmm. of, well, my job is just to go get that played. Ultimately, I will always want to defer to the creative process and even take a more challenging song that may not sound like it fits in the context of a radio station's exact format, if we feel that it's a song that can touch people and that could be eventually have the success that everybody wants from the very beginning for the artist. I don't want to take the easy route so that myself or my staff can look good. I want to take the route that gets the most success. And I think when we sit in a room and we weigh this out and we recently spent about six weeks going through the second single from Kelly Clarkson's album. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of different opinions. She had an opinion. Um, I was kind of in agreement from on her side. Our chairman had one. Our, our CEO had an opinion. A&R had one. And we discussed the pros and cons. And eventually we all went down to, this may be the more difficult route for radio. Mm-hmm. But this could be the song that can have the most success on the backside after that long, difficult or more difficult route because of the feeling of the song and lyrically what it could really mean to people. So to answer that, the question, there always are a lot of different opinions. Mm -hmm. And I think it's healthy if we all have a different opinion and we weigh out what we all feel is the best process and then make that decision, hold hands and go be it as successful as we can be as one team and never look back to say, I knew we should have, like, we don't do that. It's a very unhealthy environment yeah, for people right. that do that. Monday morning Monday quarterbacks, morning quarterback. not, not healthy. We're in a company where we don't live that. We put our heads down, we stick together as a team and we do what's best for the company and most importantly, what's best for our artists and their music. Mm -hmm. Cause that always comes first. May, may I just jump in? Because Please. I know I know of an artist recently who fired their management because, um, according to the artist, the song, the single that went out did not make it, didn't go as big as this artist thought it should have gone. And this is, it's not, um, it's not a Kelly Clarkson, that type of artist. It's, it's one of these almost mid-level artists who has a following, but not necessarily pop, but she thought this was a pop hit. And she fired her manager because it didn't make it. You know, didn't she didn't get on to Z100 or or wherever she wanted to be? Um, what do you do in cases like that when you have uh, a, a label or an artist? Well, you're the label, so when you have a certain artist 
and you just know in your gut this song is the wrong song. This is we're totally going all about this the wrong way. Um, do you eventually, if they just, you have to eventually just demur, 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 I don't know what the word is, bow to whatever, you know, they say, or how do you work around that? Because you're in sales and we could talk about that a little bit, but as mm -hmm. a salesperson, you're selling this, and you have to be passionate behind this to really be successful. Mm -hmm. So if you're not as passionate about a particular song and you really don't believe it, how do you get over that hump? Well, I think, I think the first part of your question an artist firing the manager because the song wasn't a hit, I'd have to really know how much was it exposed for... Meaning what when you say exposed? Meaning, was it on 100 radio stations? Did it get enough play in the right markets? Was mm. it in the correct day part? Was it marketed in those markets? Was everything done to help support that song, but the public did not fall in love with it? Mm -hmm. Then it's nobody's fault except the fact that the people did not fall in love with the song that people felt was a hit right and it's the public that makes that decision mm -hmm. they're the ones right. that ultimately decide whether they love a song or if they don't love a song right if they love an artist and if they don't love an artist for myself um for a very long time in this business i have felt that i don't really i don't know whether I'm right or wrong if I pick the song. Mm -hmm. And so if collectively we do or the artist picks that song, my job is to find every which way I can go about exposing it to the audience so they can make that decision. There are times you cannot always keep the same level of passion on everything because it's just not possible and everything has different levels of stuff that you see that makes you believe more and more in it because some of the data is there or you feel it more. But I don't believe that I will ever lose passion on trying to break any song because I didn't love it or because mm -hmm. I didn't think I was right or wrong. As long as the plan is there, as long as that data is there, and as long as I have any opportunity to still keep exposing it, then that passion will be there. I also will know when I feel that we need to pull back because it's not reacting. And I guess that's the one point where it may not be reactive, but if I'm so super passionate, maybe I'll punch through a couple more walls because I'm really believing that I felt that and that's a feeling that you have to get. But for the most part, I think I've had to learn to separate. This is our job and if there's, there's enough showing that the song or the artist can be successful, that I have to go to it and go do that. It's very hard to sell something that nobody believes in. It's a lot easier when everybody else believes in it and you're not so sure yourself, but there's, there's a team of people saying, no, I'm mm -hmm. telling you, I'm telling you. Then you, then you get on that play and you work with your team to try to make it a success because not not any one of us individually has the answer to everything you used a couple uh words in there you mentioned reacting you mentioned uh sort of marketing it marketing it to the day part can you kind of explain both of those things for the, especially for the people who don't well relate? so when you're talking about radio and radios run 24 hours a day and when people play a song you always want to get it played in the day part, meaning the time of day when they have the most listeners. Mm -hmm. 
I'd rather get a plate at 6 o'clock in the evening as opposed to 3 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. obviously, for those reasons. And when we're promoting a song, sometimes it may get played just an overnight to get it into the system and develop it. Our, our jobs are to really get it into the day part. If it's a young end song that we believe the younger end will listen to, they're generally in school from 9 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. We want to play it afterwards. Mm -hmm. If it's more of an adult-oriented artist, for instance, maybe like a Kelly Clarkson, that's okay to get played at middays. The the listener in the office, the the demo that's probably listening mostly at that point, is a little bit older. Is, when, does data uh, does data tell you who that demo is in yeah. addition to gut, or is mm -hmm. it more? We just know oh, Kelly we, Clarkson we is this. We have so much data yeah. to look at that shows us who streams, who buys, mm -hmm. who's listening, who's texting. Um, just we're able to look at a, a number of different things to tell us that. And so when we when we talk about reacting in a marketplace, we'd like to see text messages. We'd like to see people Shazam a song. We'd like to see after a certain amount of time, depending on the style of song, who the artist is. Could be a couple of weeks, could be three weeks, it might be longer to see if it streams in that market because we can look exactly in each market every day to see what's streaming or the sales mm -hmm. or the local Shazams. We can look at a number of different things to see if it's starting to react because if it reacts the radio stations will play it more then it reacts more and then it's how you develop a big hit song some of the things that i like to do is with a new song when it's first getting played in a market is to do some local digital advertising targeted in that that market towards the the specific radio station listener or on on YouTube, we'll do some Snapchat filters specifically targeted around an event that that local radio station is is running in that market. Um, so, so we'll do a number of different things to help to connect their airplay with the audience in hopes that they start to respond more and more so that we can see if the song has reacted to becoming a hit. Because we'll have songs in many, many markets and after a certain amount of time and that time is dependent on many different factors and if we don't see a reaction if we don't see the the growth of sales or streams or Shazam or text or requests or something to say that people are reacting then we have to make a decision as a company to possibly pull back and those are very difficult decisions because mm -hmm. that's somebody's career, that's somebody's work of art, that's somebody's passion that they created. So it's not as easy as, ah, it didn't work, let's go and, and move on because it's, because it's all those things I just mentioned. You don't, you never want to have to do that, but that happens 90% of the time that the songs just don't turn out to be the kind of success that we all anticipated as well as the artist. Hence... An artist might fire a manager because it wasn't successful, and sometimes you just need to look in the mirror. Maybe it just wasn't a great song, mm -hmm. and the public didn't accept it. Interesting with data today too is that keep in mind that the record, uh, the radio station has the same data that the label has. So consequently, I could picture. A a uh, an incident where maybe this radio station is playing this song 
and they look at the data and they see that it's not on playlists anybody anywhere else, not anywhere else, but mm -hmm. it isn't on the major playlists, so they stop playing it mm -hmm. because of that. We go through that every single day. Really? Um, 24 hours a day, we could look at real time. I could look right now on my phone and see any specific song I'm working, exactly where it is played, when it was played, and so can a radio station. And so if we're pitching someone to play our new Haley Kiyoko song, and a lot of people like it and a lot of people are playing it, there are other people that can look at it and say, well, it's only getting, not this specific song, but any song, it's only getting overnight play in 75% of your markets. Mm. Um, it's not, I'm playing it, I'm not feeling any Shazam. I'm not, I'm looking at my local streams and sales. Why isn't it selling more? Well, it's because you're only playing it twice a day, and once of them is one of the times you're playing is the middle of the night. So your one play a day isn't really going to get that song yet to sell because I've seen in other markets with more day play, we sell more. That, that would be my argument back. So they could use the data and look at it any which way they want. Yeah. I can look at it any which way I want. And right in the middle is really probably the full truth to the fact that it's probably not yet selling because you're not playing it enough. Yeah. And and a lot of times people like to compare, well, I'm playing this song the same amount of time and it's selling more or it's streaming more, but you're comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. And that's a challenge that we have on a, on a, on a daily basis in promoting music. Right. No two songs are the same. No two feelings of a song from people are are ever the same. Dave could love this song, mm -hmm. you know. I could hate the song and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really look at the data as Bible. Yeah. You have to take a lot of it. You have to utilize it as a guidance with a lot of gut to help yourself make the decision on the best songs that the public wants. Mm -hmm. Now, does a record get a budget? Like a record's coming out and yes. you're going to play it. I um, mean, you're going to try to get it played. Do you have a budget in mind or? Yes. Okay. I have budgets that the whole company has budgets. It's broken down by department. My department has a budget that can be broken down by utilizing outside help, advertising, um, doing promo with an artist coming mm -hmm. through a market to do mm -hmm. a lounge or performance. Mm -hmm. I'll have a budget to do promotions with, fly away to go see Kelly Clarkson on The Voice mm -hmm. to support mm -hmm. airplay, um, go see Hilly Kyoko or Galantis or Chromio, some of our artists, right. on Coachella. So we have a big budget to help market and promote the music, and, and it's substantial, and the longer you're in, the development and breaking of a specific song, the more money you're spending over that yes. course of time. That's what I was getting to, right? Why, that's why at times we then have to make a decision of we've invested this much and nothing's coming back. Do you keep throwing money at it? Mm -hmm. And the challenges are sometimes that there's a lot of people who want you to keep doing that because it could come from artists and managements and a and right. And those are tough decisions, like I said, where do you keep going 
when you don't see anything that you believe will get you the, the success you want, mm -hmm. therefore keep spending money. And those are tough decisions, and it's not a decision any one person mm -hmm. makes. We, we do it as a team. We look at all of the, the data, and then we make a decision based on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if a manager is sort of in your face every day... I hang or, up on them. You hang. You do. Yeah. But finish <laughs> your question. It depends. <laughs> it depends who the manager is. I'm sure. But seriously, if uh, we often talk about that in um, in classes, that a manager has to be the the proponent, the cheerleader for mm -hmm. that artist many times, and the artist, I can tell because I, as you know, I was on Epic in the '70s, and once you finish with A and R. You really, as an artist, you have no more control. When it moves over to the big marketing mm -hmm. department, you're, you're done. So it's sort of up to uh, someone who represents you, mm -hmm. whether it's the head of A&R, your A&R guy, or somebody, producer or somebody that's going to be the cheerleader for you because there's a lot of competition within your own label. I, I uh, think inside, inside of our, yes, in the manager, we can... We can definitely address that but there are a lot of cheerleaders mm -hmm. you know a and r people are in my office constantly checking in on the progress of one of their mm -hmm. their um projects the marketing person is constantly mm -hmm. um checking up and we're constantly in communication and then the managers sometimes are so great and sometimes they're mediocre. It depends on mm -hmm. if they're good or if they're not, or if they are realistic or unrealistic. I will talk with them, and I'll shoot straight all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing is to tell them what your game plan is, to tell them what you're trying to do, and to have a mutual partnership so that when you need an artist to do something, they understand why you want to do it, mm -hmm. and they help you deliver and convince the artist to do that. Mm -hmm. There are managers that can push and push and push and push because they have an artist that's pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't even, they do it just because they have to and they do it because they think you still haven't done a good enough job mm -hmm. with that specific song, album, artist. Chris, so there's, there's a lot of different conversations that go on. Mm -hmm. And, and ideally, we're all trying to achieve the same goal, is to have the success. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I think if you have open, honest dialogue in discussing what that strategy is, you can ultimately be on the same page a great portion of the time because yeah. they do have the ability to look at the data. They do have the ability to know what's going on. They do have the ability to, to see all of this and look at what I'm looking at as well. They may not have the same depth of communication that my staff will give me that feedback on and, and what's developing. But I have to say that I, I don't think that there's any management that I butt heads with. We may not always agree, mm -hmm. but then we make decisions, to, you know, and then to move forward on um, what, our, what our strategies will be and, mm -hmm. and how we can collectively have success with the artists and ultimately make everybody be happy. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to know so far, John, I'm happy with you oh. here on Music Biz 101 so and more. I. Yeah, I, we want you happy. Happy oh, guests happy. make happy shows. Do you want to take a tweet? 
Yeah, yeah I do. Um, there, there's a tweet here, um, and it kind of gets greater into just radio as a whole. For example, like, like iHeart. The question from Amanda is, what's the station's process for choosing what songs will be on their playlist? And are there common qualities in music that make that song onto the radio? But also in particular, in particular, um, <laughs> is it? Do you have like one person who runs uh, the the CHR station, the Z100 equivalents in every market? Yeah. Is there one like head of CHR who works for say iHeart, based in LA, who's looking over the whole country, pretty much determining or having a big say as to what is being played? Is that how that works? Um, yes and no. There are many la uh, layers and levels of different people inside companies. I won't talk about any one specific sure. company. But I guess there, more structure and how... Uh, it's structured where, for the most part, every radio station in each market has someone who's responsible to program that station to make right. sure that the music the DJs, the commercial flow mm -hmm. is all working right. because that's how they'll get their ratings. But that person also may have a regional vice president who may not tell them what to play, but in some cases they may tell them or they may question, why would you do that? And then it goes up the, the chain of command. And so the bigger, the bigger companies all have generally a VP of programming or senior VP or a format captain for top 40, for rock, for alternative, for rhythm, for urban, for how they say. And each company operates a little bit differently and, and each song may even be evaluated a little bit differently. And so you really want to get everybody on board to, to like that music. The process of getting a radio station in any market to like a song is, is really a little bit complex. It, it could be surrounding everybody in that station and turning them on to their music. And the person that makes that decision knows there's a lot of people in there believe in it. There are stations where that one person decides on their own in a vacuum. There are the corporate level where we sit and discuss strategies to do maybe a national campaign. Therefore, it's probably more beneficial that your local stations get involved in the song a little bit sooner than they wanted. So there's many different strategies, different ways to go about it. But it really starts with the belief in a song and playing it for someone and sitting across from them, telling them why this artist or this song can be successful on their radio station, therefore helping them get better ratings, therefore the radio station making more money. That's that's what it really is. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. I could sit across from you and tell you why you should pay attention to the song and and play it, and you believe that because you see the data or you just love the song, mm -hmm. that's really where it begins. It begins with our field staff all around the country going out and playing music and talking to them while we in New York and Los Angeles and Atlanta deal with some of the higher ups inside those bigger companies so that you've got it coming from the bottom, people on the top believing in it, you have a much better chance of success. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have, do we have a phone call? We have a phone call and we have to wear our headphones now for the phone call. All right. We're putting on eh. our headphones. Okay. You can see me, I'm 
in a radio parlance, these are the cans, booth. right? I put my cans on. That's so, right. Sequestered to a booth now. I know. So uh, you can well, see. We can't hear John anything and, but the question. All right. Uh, caller, do you hear Hi. us? <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Hey, Leah. How are you? Yes. I'm good. Yourself? I, I've, I've never been better. Uh, the question <laughs> is from our caller, Leah, and it is for John Bulos, VP of Promotion for Every Label Ever Under the Atlantic Umbrella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question regarding radio promotion. So I'm going to rant a little bit, but recently I just dropped my album History in December of the last year, and it got attention from a professional radio promoter who's well-known in the business. I'm not going to say names, but I spoke with him today on the phone for the first time, and he asked me to send him an MP3 of my best song to listen or promote it. The only thing is he didn't mention the cost because he wasn't sure, like, what my situation was. And I was wondering if there was any harm in sending the actual file without any firm contract. And what would you recommend I do? Okay, first off, your song is released. It's out. Correct? It's your song. You you own it. You've done all the legal stuff to be the rightful owner of it. For the most part, yes. I'm in the process of copywriting it. That's the thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know who the person is. For the most part, somebody won't go and promote a song without having a financial um, contract set with you. But this okay. individual, and I do know people that would want to listen to it, wrap their head around it, and come back to you and give you a plan... Sometimes those plans can be very expensive, um, depending on what style of music, what the strategy might be. Sometimes there are people out there that, and I don't want to scare you, but that can prey on people to say, hey, I can help you become this successful. I'm going to need this much money. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be very, very careful. Um with that again there are some great people out there and i get this question a lot i get this question a lot from people that i know in other countries or people that i know that just might be wealthy and they have a family member that wants to record a song and then they contact somebody that's working independently and they've sent me what the proposal is because they're friends and i'll look at it and i'll go you can't do that that's not a good decision but I can turn you on to someone else who will be more honest and help you get a much better read on the music you have to see if people actually really like it and want to play it okay. and I would just I would I would recommend that you just be very careful before you enter into a financial deal with okay. someone that you don't know yeah I, I thought that was a little sketchy that's why I wanted to ask <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there that see that there's new music out and try to chase down people that don't have any representation mm-hmm. and see if they could take advantage of them. Yeah. That happens a lot here at William Patterson. There are a lot because we have a pop music yeah. program. Every semester, two or three students, just like Leah, uh, come to me and say somebody found their music 
through SoundCloud mm. or through Spotify and approached them and wants to market it, wants to, you know, says I can get on the radio. And some of them say, here's how much it costs. And some, like in, in this example, don't really say how much it's going to cost. And to me, that's a red flag because it should be just up front. Mm -hmm. I, I'm willing to do this for you, but it's going to cost this much. And there's no guarantee that I'm going to do what I'm going to try to do. Marconi. Or well, what they may also do is... Oh my God! You sent me that song. It is so great. It, uh, you're going to be a star. That's that. That's the lead in to open the door. And you're on the other end of the phone, going, "Man, this guy loves it." I looked him up. He looks like he's well known. He looks like he knows what he's doing. And all of a sudden, you're bought in now because this guy's going to make you a star. My suggestion for you is, if you can email the one of these guys, and they mm -hmm. forward it to me at least with the. The information, maybe I can help answer it without doing okay. it, you know, without saying it on the radio. Okay. I, I do yeah. have, uh, I, if I may just interrupt, because I think yeah. it'll shed some reality on this. Um, and I'll ask John the question. Three major labels uh, and X amount of songs released per week. How many songs, records, are usually added to a playlist at a big radio station a week? I would say if you wanted to take all the formats, the hundreds of hundreds of radio stations, throw it into a, a calculator, I would say on average, three. And how many songs will be <laughs> released? Three next week by by Atlantic Records alone. Well, I think that you've got to you've got to look at it a different way. It's not necessarily that we release five records, 10 records, each label multiply that. Mm -hmm. But you also have to take into account the last four or five months worth of releases that we have put out mm -hmm. that we're still trying to get on that playlist. Mhm. Mm so that all starts to add up. I'm working Clean Bandit song, still trying to get it on many, many radio stations. It's been out for months. Mm -hmm. And so we may be putting out some new songs next week that we want to get played. And radio station A may really, really like it. But they're so backed up because they haven't played stuff from that we've been promoting them for the last three months. Mm -hmm. And... So we got to get lined up. It's sort of like airplanes on the runway. You just that air traffic controller mm -hmm. is controlling those planes coming in and out, and that radio station and their programming music directors are those air traffic controllers. So when they've got all this, and they're only going to have room for two new songs because two new two older songs fell apart in their research, or they're just done playing them, mm -hmm. or they're old. And what are those two songs? Well, were they? One a hip hop, was one a hip hop, or were they both hip hop? So they may want to replace them with hip hop mm -hmm. sounding songs for, for airplay balance. So you factor in so many different things that go on. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about there are hundreds and hundreds of songs that we may be trying to fight for those two or three slots on any given week. Right. We have to narrow it down. We target every week with our field staff so they can narrow down this specific song at this station 
is our best shot, and then this one may be number two, mm -hmm. and we stay as focused in on that, even though we have new ones coming, and we're setting up songs. Hey, we have this. I want you to hear it. It's coming, but this is, you're still not playing this. Mm -hmm. so, it's a, so it becomes a very complex strategy, once again, in how you set up your music, when you get them to hear music, and for somebody that's not signed, I'm not going to discourage people, but it's so competitive that you need to know that, but then follow your dream and your passion Absolutely. To, expo to make that music and expose it and do it. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And never, and never stop doing that at all. Right. Even if someone calls you and says they can do something for you and then they don't really do it. Keep right. chasing mm -hmm. that dream. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's, it's an art. It's an art. And you... Uh, you're in there not to make money. You're in there because you're an artist. You know, but one and, and like the last thing with regards to promotion, mm -hmm. no one understands. People who aren't in our end of the business don't have an understanding of of the inner workings of trying to get music exposed and played. Everybody grows up and they put on a radio station or they put on something and they see the music and they hear it and they think, oh, something new. That could be six months old. Mm -hmm. And it could have taken a very long time to, to be that up song to that point where you're actually able to hear it. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so there's a lot of complexities in, in being able to get that to the public. But great music will always make it to the top. And people that are passionate should always continue to chase their dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Leah, thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Sent her a can of turtle wax or something for calling in. Yeah. But, turtle but that, wax? Turtle wax. We're going back to Let's Make a Deal. Or Used 19, for, uh, for her car? Waxing turtles. Yes, yes, for well, her wax car. turtles with it. You <laughs> it is true. There we go. All that's, right. That's pet abuse. Yes. Must but, be. but I think what you bring up is, is really important in that you're talking about the Atlantic Records. You know, all, all of your all labels, labels, all your priorities multiply it by you also have the Warner, your Warner music group. So there's Warner, their labels mm -hmm. or the others. Then there's Universal. Then there's Sony. Sony. And then indies and out there, you many, know. So, many you have, indies out there. so the competitiveness for two to three slots is crazy. Mm -hmm. Then then to get indie promoter guy who used to do what you do 15, 20 years ago, who's still trying to do it with these unsigned artists. Um, Very sketchy. Yeah, where do they target? I mean, is there are there these tertiary markets where they can get somewhere not even you know? I'm trying to think of like, well, do they look at college or not even college? Where can they look? It could be all of the above. There are many, many different people that do independent work, many who I hire, mm -hmm. um, depending on what that strategy is, where I may need their help. So there are many out there, and, and this individual person could be one of the, could be a great one. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't really know the answer to that. Right. There are a lot of them who could be a good support along with my team who may have some good relationships. There are some that might just work college. I hire people that work clubs. I hire people that work AAA radio. I hire people that talk to morning shows and morning show producers. I hire people that just talk to some smaller markets. So it really depends again on the music, 
where it's developing, who that individual is, or it could be somebody that calls himself an independent promoter, created something, and he's and he's not really legitimate, or she's not really legitimate. Mm -hmm. So, like any business in this entire world, there are great people, yeah. and there's always some bad people that want to take advantage of others. And, and my recommendation is always do your homework, ask as many questions as you can, and do your best to make the best decisions mm -hmm. on that. Because yeah. it, it could be someone that fell in love with her music somewhere along the way. What I'm curious about is a person reaching out to someone and they haven't heard their music and wants to represent them. So how that came about uh -huh. is, is mm -hmm. a little bit, are they just reading and just searching? You know, do they have a search engine that anytime there's new music, they just do and they reach out to the person, mm -hmm. see if they can get them. Right. That I don't know. Um, yeah, especially in this, well, near any of the centers of the industry, because there are people that, you know, may have, uh, I used to use the example that, and we would get them because we live in New Jersey. There'd be guys that might have had a career in the sense that they slept on Clive Davis's couch mm -hmm. 45 years ago. And they say, oh, yeah, I know Clive Davis. And so on. Yeah. So we always, that, that near the, the centers of the industry, there are a lot of people that have been or touched the industry that are still kicking around. Uh, more than I think uh, if they were in Omaha, Nebraska, or yeah, there's absolutely like that. that. And then I respect people that want to continue to run a successful business and stay involved in it and mm -hmm. can do great work. I don't respect the people that take advantage of others. Yeah, and you know, that's pretty much it. And I just, yeah. you know, I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, couple other things. Um, a, a kid in a question had this. We were we were speaking in a in an entry level class um, last week about you coming in and talking about radio, and we were talking about the the event you did with Kelly Clarkson um, a couple months ago. And how can you explain how that is promotional, but that how that is not payola? Because obviously payola is illegal. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you were doing the illegal, but why is? Can you kind of touch upon what would be payola and what is pure promotion? that is not yeah, that at absolutely. all. Absolutely, yeah. it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, payola would be me giving you something to play my song on the radio station. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's a, that's a, that's a You law. personally though. I can't, me or my company, I can't say, here, I'm gonna give you an iPhone, can you play my Kelly Clarkson song? Right. Okay, can't do that, it's illegal, that's payola. I wouldn't do that, I've never done that. Right. But what we did do is in a promotional event None of it was an exchange for airplay. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people that came that weren't playing her music and never ended up playing her single. So it's a promotional event where we brought about 200 people, about 180 of them radio station, DJs, programmers, music directors, to her house in Tennessee for an amazing party they all got to hang out with her and meet her. We played back the album. It was it was just an incredible night. She spoke about the, the music. She's an incredible personality and, and makes everybody feel 
because she's so genuine that you're the only person that matters to her right now. And it was a very successful event because it was genuine. And it was successful because she made it successful. We organized it, and my assistant did an incredible job. I don't know how she coordinated the travel for 200 people, but she did. Um, but the artist made people feel so welcome in their house. And you can't, you can't do that with everyone because everyone is that kind of personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not payola. That's just an event that we could put together. We can fly people to see our artists, take them to see the artists, take them to the Grammys because our artists are performing. We can do things like that. I can't say you can come, I could fly you to go see so-and-so in this market and we're gonna, you know, but you need to play the record. I can't mm -hmm. do that, that's mm -hmm. not legal. Um, those are the guidelines that we have to follow with compliance, but we don't. But for the most part, somebody's, wasn't going to come to Kelly's house and be very negative about her music and say, oh, I'm never going to support Kelly. They wouldn't really come out and say that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a su successful event for a very successful launch of her album. I, I believe Paola legally is the secret payment to and acceptance by mm -hmm. radio personnel right. to play, to accept something and for the uh, pl playing, mm -hmm. broadcasting of a, of a record. And if you say, I'm playing this record because they gave me $2,000 or they gave me a trip to China, that's not payola because you, it's not a secret anymore. No, but it's against our compliance rules now. But when we do something with a radio station, we do a trip and we do a promotion, it'll say, yes. brought to you by Atlantic Records. Absolutely. And, and the payola rules were written so very long ago yeah. in order for people, for a radio station to have their license from the federal government. But our rules have changed over the years based on a lot of, of things that have occurred where we follow more our compliance guidelines mm -hmm. than the federal law of what payola is, what you're right. just saying. Right. I can't do... We don't do a number of things we might have done in 1988 just because we've changed the guidelines to put everything up in front and be very, very clear mm -hmm. in, in what we're doing as a business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so so we work together to do things with radio. That, that is an, on the up and up that the public knows, that the, the legal people know. And... And have to work within those guidelines. Mm -hmm. So it's a different different than what we did years ago, but that's not unlike most other businesses that have to change based on circumstances. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right, we have about two minutes left. Um, and so just quickly, um, could you get into, uh, I'm thinking about this for the, the DIY artists. You talked a little bit about, about, about the fact never give up. Um, but there are a lot of people listening who either want to get into the industry or they want to get on the radio, they want to be an artist. Can you talk a little bit about your feelings about attitude and um, how, if I want to get into the record business side, maybe not mm -hmm. to be an artist, um, what, are, what are some of the characteristics of the people who, of the, when you see you know, young people coming up, what are the characteristics that you see in those people who are getting the internships and getting the jobs and then succeeding from where you mm -hmm. sit? I look for people that want to work 24-7, people that have integrity, people that are honest, people that have drive, people that have passion for it, 
I'm not looking for somebody that just wants a job. Um, I don't believe that someone should walk into a company and go, well, I want to be an A&R person at 20 years old because nobody knows where your life's, your life's path will take you. And that you should look at the music business not as a record company, but as a very extended business where you can work for a promoter, you can work for an agent, you can work in management, you can work in a studio, you can work in so many different areas and learn those areas and grow and become successful, maybe in that area, but learn other areas. And at the age of 19, 20, 21, and I, and I just said this in the last class, I wanted to be a fireman at 14, a policeman at 15, a Yankee left fielder at 16, you know, an astronaut at 17. We all go through those changes. I, I, I came into the music business because I was, I was not doing well in the career path I took in college and discovered something and had no idea what promotion was a very long time ago and fell in love with it and chased that, that thing in my career that I fell in love with. And I believe that you have to be very open-minded. Don't be so set on, I want to be a producer, that's all I'll do, because you may end up finding out that you're a brilliant marketing person. And you won't know that until you go learn as much as you can possibly learn. The young people that come into our company, the young people that work for me or with me, I encourage them to have an opinion and knowledge about any aspect of our business they can possibly have and never say, well, your job is just go get a song played on the radio, stick to that. And don't come in and tell me what a creative way we should approach this from a marketing perspective. And I think anyone that's looking to get in any position anywhere, have those strengths, never give up, love what you do, do what you love, and realize it's a roller coaster and there'll be rough days, there'll be great days. And so never get too high on it and never get too low on it. And just follow your dream and you'll get there, whatever it is. I really believe that. That's great. Yeah. Good. It's good, good words We're to close on the with. same page. Yes, we are. So why don't we stop? Okay. Why, why not? Why continue when we should My stop? dream is to have Ashley's job. Ashley over there, Ashley Weltner right over there. Making it happen. <laughs> and um, the blue hair would be harder. Well, for you. take him a while. You do the beard. Yeah. yeah blue see, beard. that's my manager right there. There we go. <laughs> see, see, see how smart she is, yep. how quick she is? Yep. She's got it. Yeah, she's got it. She's going to be a success. So, so we should uh, start giving thanks. So we want to thank uh, John Bulos for being here. Thank Yay, John Bulos. Yay, John Bulos. He's so wonderful. He's so great. Yeah. And we want to thank Ashley Weltner for being yeah. here. Yeah. And Dr. Esteban Marconi making it happen yes. again. Yeah, I'm thank the only you. one. And also, we have to thank my co host, moderator, uh, videographer, et cetera, tonight, Professor David K. Philp. Yeah, that's me. I'm so great. I love myself so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at the end of every show, we do not say hello, which would be silly because it's the end of the show, not the beginning of the show. So, at the end of every show, we say, Adios! Yeah.